Welcome to Planet Surgery, a medical podcast by Baxter Advanced Surgery Team. Hello everyone and welcome to the podcast series Planet Surgery, insights into the worlds of surgeons, surgery and perioperative practitioners across Europe. My name is Becky Whiteman. I'm I'm the Cluster Medical Manager for Advanced Surgery in the UK, Ireland and Nordics for Baxter. Today, I will have the pleasure to interview Mr Keith Roberts. At Baxter, our vision is to be a global, innovative leader in the operating room, providing solutions that improve patient outcomes and enhances lives. Baxter's podcast programme is a new way for you to hear from colleagues across the world. In this episode, we have with us Mr Keith Roberts, a consultant liver, transplant, hepatobiliary and pancreatic surgeon from the University Hospitals Birmingham and an honorary reader at the University of Birmingham in the UK. He is an expert in the field of pancreatic surgery and will share with us today his insights into improving outcomes through better understanding of postoperative pancreatic fistula. So let's start. First, welcome, Mr. Roberts, and thank you for being with us today. Thank you. Thank you for the invitation. It's, uh, it's, it's lovely to speak. Thank you. You're more than welcome. So, Mr. Roberts, I understand you've been reviewing the evidence base for risk factors associated with postoperative pancreatic fistula and potential interventions. Can you tell us what you found? Yeah, thank you, Becky. So pancreatic fistula really is the Achilles heel of pancreatic surgery. Um, and we've, you know, as, as a group of surgeons and academics, uh, many, many studies and trials have been conducted trying to reduce the incidence of pancreatic fistula. Um, but really, we haven't successfully achieved that on, on, on any great scale. Um, and so what, what our group have done is to really go back and look at the nuts and bolts of pancreatic fistula, um, look at the risk factors, look at what risk scores are out there, look at the trials and try and understand uh, why we've not made as much progress as perhaps we could. Um, and then we, we're also aware of um, I- initiatives such as the, the OGRE um, study, which was the esophagogastric anastomosis audit, which was an international registry of, of esophageal uh, anastomoses uh, and there's also similar work in, in colorectal surgery and that's really led us to, to to where we are now. So I understand you've set up a registry database to look at surgical outcomes for post-operative pancreatic fistula. Can you tell us more about this and why you chose to take this approach? Um, thanks Becky. So the, the main impetus for this w- was twofold. The first is to give data back to surgeons on their own outcomes, but not simply crude data, i.e., you know, this surgeon had 10 pancreatic fistula out of 100 cases, the next one had five, but to give them risk-adjusted outcomes. Because if we operate on two patients, the actual risk for pancreatic fistula between patient one and patient two is can be widely different depending on a, on a few key risk factors. And, and if we don't risk adjust, then we really don't have a handle on, on, on what we're doing. And it makes it difficult to compare data. So for example, in Western countries where patients tend to 
maybe have a higher body mass index than patients in Eastern countries, for example, if we don't risk adjust for things like body mass index, it's difficult to compare our, our surgeon's outcomes and to really know as an individual surgeon whether we're doing as good as we can do. And the second main driver for the registry is the number of negative randomized trials in, in the literature. Now, randomized trials can be considered as the, you know, the gold standard way to conduct or, or to evaluate interventions. But you know, in surgery, they're notoriously difficult and have many pitfalls. They're, they're very expensive. They take a long time to recruit patients because of selection criteria. The data that's generated from those trials may not be applicable to all patients and all surgeons and in all scenarios. And, and often it takes so long to conduct the trial that by the time the results come through, um, technology has moved on and, and the data may no longer be, be valid anyway. And so we need something that's much more responsive and flexible and can be used in the real world. And so the benefits of the registry can really overcome many of these issues. It, it, they capture real life data in real time. And if there's wide engagement, you know, many hands make light work. I mean, imagine a scenario where we had a thousand pancreas surgeons around the world putting their patients into a registry. It would rapidly accumulate a lot of data uh, and we could explore risk factors for pancreatic fistula, you know, pancreaticogegenostomy versus pancreaticogastrostomy uh, and so on. And we could do that very simply. The platform also would really offer some novel aspects to pancreatic fistula res uh, research. So we could use the platform to conduct simple studies. So for example, um, there are several risk scores. Uh, and when we've performed uh, a systematic review, we find that no one risk score performs better than another. So we could run an evaluation of risk scores in real time across this global platform to determine if one really does work better than another. Um, you could then take that, that a step further you, we can engage with the, our surgeon colleagues who are using the platform and we can start to perform more com complex trials and we could potentially run uh, randomized or pseudo-randomized uh, or before and after studies with risk adjustment into, into, of you know, a new intervention versus a control or one intervention versus another intervention through the platform. And this would be a much cheaper, a much more rapid uh, and potentially a much more... Uh, flexible and dynamic way to conduct clinical trials of pancreatic fistula. Um, and then really the, the, main, the main thing that we want to do though is to give users their own risk adjusted outcomes. Um, we can show surgeons their own QSAM plot and what that means is with risk adjustment if, if, if a surgeon has more fistula than, than would be expected after risk adjustment uh, we would see the curve rising above zero. And if they have less fistulas than, than would be expected, their curve would drop away from zero. But not only that, a surgeon could adapt their technique and they could look at the effect of changing their technique almost in real time. As they upload new cases with their new technique, they could see how that affects their own QSAM plot. 
Uh, and, and it would be fascinating to see if that process itself of a surgeon being able to critically evaluate their own practice and outcomes, whether that actually changes and improves practice. Um, and so the way that this could work is we would have a freely accessible anonymized registry for any surgeon or academic person to, to access. They could look at their own data. They could look at data from within the registry. It would be anonymized. You couldn't identify any individual surgeon or patient, but you could compare in the registry what PG versus PJ does to pancreatic fistula, what works best in high-risk pancreatic glands, uh, anastomoses, um, a one-layer versus two-layer anastomosis, for example. Um, and, and probably the other interesting thing here is we also performed a systematic review and a meta-analysis of trainee-led pancreatic surgery. It's, it's really important that we train well. And one way to train is to understand outcomes better. So trainees can use this and trainers can use the platform and they can see if the trainee is doing as good as expected because we know from our systematic review that trainees are more likely to be given the low risk glands to operate on. It makes perfect sense. So with risk adjustment, we can adjust for that low risk and we can have a much more objective assessment of the trainee's performance. So there are many benefits to running a registry um, and, uh, you know, we really hope that, that this is, would be welcomed by our colleagues and would be something that would be taken up widely. Thank you. It sounds like a really agile and, and insightful way to collect data and feedback data very quickly to, um, to surgeons. So um, what are your next steps for the registry? <laughs> so uh, we've established um, an international steering committee of, of pancreas experts from around the world to help us uh, understand our systematic reviews and our meta-analyses and to help us design um, the components of the registry. The registry itself will be quite simple. There will be a core data set um, and when, when a surgeon signs up they will describe their normal anastomotic technique and then they won't need to input that data every time they do a new case. It will just ask them to verify that they've used their standard technique. And so for every case, there's quite a lot of detail about the anastomosis being routinely collected. Then there'll be a fairly small data set for, the, for patient risk factors, such as pancreatic duct width, body mass index. Um, did the patient have new adjuvant chemotherapy, for example? And... And, and that really is, is how the registry will, will run. Then there will be side projects running in parallel to this core registry. So for example, it may be that a, a researcher in Sweden has proposed a, a study to look at drain fluid amylase and, the, and, the, and that's approved by the steering committee. And, and then so that study with a, an extra data set would run for a, a time limited period and the data would then be given back to to that um, our colleague uh, for them to to publish their or to, to look at that data um, so we, we're currently we'll be testing the registry we, we've designed it so we're going to test it very shortly and we hope to make this available over the next few months uh, and it's very likely that we will test the, the various published risk scores as our first project, because that's a nice and simple 
thing to do and there's a need to try and determine what is the optimal score um, and, and as I say this is this is the way these things work well is by being open and collaborative. So surgeons from throughout the world will be able to propose studies to the steering committee uh, and, and, and will be able to run them uh, through the network. So that sounds really interesting. And you've clearly been doing a lot of research um, today to understand uh, what's happening in this field. Have you seen any techniques or surgical adjuncts on the horizon that may indicate a potential benefit to reducing post-operative pancreatic fistula rate? Uh, that's the million dollar question. So it's a good question. So from our systematic review of interventions, um, the, there were two key findings. And, and one was that the vast majority of randomized trials were negative. And when we performed post hoc power calculations, really the studies were really woefully underpowered with a, a median cohort size of 52 patients in each cohort. And, and the problem with the change from uh, the ISGPS definition from all pancreatic fistula to cl clinically relevant pancreatic fistula is that the incidence of pancreas fistula has dropped from around 23% to 12%, which means you need many more patients in your trial to have the power to see a difference. Having said that, the only intervention in the systematic review that reduced um, rates of all pancreatic fistula and clinically relevant pancreatic fistula was um, external pancreatic duct drainage. And this is fascinating because this is not a technically difficult thing to do. The data suggests it works well. And yet the majority of surgeons do not do this intervention. And so something like that may well be a good intervention to trial through, through this registry. Um, the other key things that we can consider are interventions to the anastomosis. Um, either surgeons trying one or two different anastomotic techniques, um, and we know that the recent study from Liverpool, which was um, very well conducted, had really large numbers of patients. Um, we know that data from that is coming through. And I don't want to talk about that in too much detail, but that's the direction we need to go in. We need to go in larger, well-conducted trials. And then the other area is adjuncts to the anastomosis. Um, and a, a recent randomized trial uh, using peg-coated collagen patches so or hemostatic patches used for, for to, in other scenarios to, to try and help with hemostasis. We know that that reduced um, pancreatic fistula at uh, distal pancreatectomy, particularly in the open setting. So, so the, these are the directions that we're going in. Um, okay, thank you. That's really interesting. So I'm sure there's probably lots of people listening today that would be interested to hear more about the, the platform and would like to understand how they could perhaps start to um, add their data to, to the um, registry when it's up and running properly. How do they find out about that? Ah, yeah, thanks Becky, that's a great question. So I'm really pleased to say that we have support from the uh, European and African HPB Association so that they have formally endorsed this project. Uh, and so we will advertise 
uh, the project through the EAHPBA and hopefully uh, that we can also engage with the membership of the IHPBA. Thank you very much, Mr Roberts, for sharing your experience with us today. It has been a very interesting conversation and also a pleasure to have you with us. Thank you to the audience. Please do contact us for any feedback or questions. And if you want to be our next speaker, just contact us by clicking on the Contact Us button on this web page. Thank you very much for listening and don't forget to come back in two weeks to listen to our next episode. Thank you.